podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers MTK show. It was, it was very sharp. I was there practicing the intro and all that, you know, I was getting the voice ready and trying to make sure it was professional. And then you just trilled out me, but yeah, that's the way we deal with these things. Anyway, welcome to the LFC Day Trippers MTK, no transfer knowledge show for your weekly uh, dose of transfer tittle tattle. From uh, ourselves here who claim to have no information whatsoever, only what we heard and read along the usual channels. And we will talk about all things. This week it won't be just Liverpool, though we will be talking about Liverpool stuff. We'll be talking about the good, the bad and the ugly from all around the transfer world. Tonight I'm joined by the main man himself. Gav, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. You look it. Uh, oh, uh, you look Darwin it. Nunes. Uh, any doubts I had over him once he was stood with the... The shorts, meeting the socks in that in that uh, picture, I was like, yeah, I'm all over this now. Um, he's literally Dying going to it. score 80 goals next season. So that's, that's how quickly I can change on a player. It's amazing. I like that. Yeah, I like that. We're not going to die on any hills on this channel. We'll be quickly changing our tune um, on players as they come and go. Ash, good to have you back. How are you? Oh, well, good. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me back. Um, a bit sunburnt from a heavy drinking session on Saturday, so I'm a bit sore on the arms. But uh, apart from that, mate, all good. Um, good to hear about what happened on Friday with the golf day and everything. So that was a big shout to gather the boys there and you and your playlist as as uh, the famous playlist as everyone keeps going on about. So um, big, big shout out to you lot for that as well. But yeah, apart from that, mate, all good. Nunes finally through the door. Everyone's happy now, surely. Good stuff. And just to say, we don't condone daytime drinking on the LFC day trip or so. Ash is speaking for himself. Absolutely, I'd absolutely, no, hold on. I absolutely <laughs> encourage you. And, um, the, only thing, the only thing I don't condone is um, not using proper sunscreen. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's my fault. Yeah, yeah. Look after your skin and your skin will look after you, Ash. Did you never hear that old? No, old look after yeah, your yeah. skin and the drink will look after you. That's, That's it. I was yeah. I was too busy drinking rather than concentrating on what the sun's going to do to me. Uh, to my skin, I'm afraid. So these things happen. These things happen. And delighted to be joined by Mr. Matt Gell again from all the way from Canada. Matt, how are you? I'm doing good, Keith. It's uh, it's a good day to be on to talk transfer stuff. You know, you can uh, take one out of the rumor column and put it into the confirmed column, and it's absolutely brilliant. And it couldn't even be better. Today is Charles Darwin's birthday, so it's truly Darwin's day. Is it really? Is it really? No. Oh, I was hoping it was. That would have been great, That would In fact, you know what? Because we're not into fact-checking things here, and no, we're going to keep it. It's Charles Darwin's right, birthday. Charles Darwin's birthday. Yeah. Um, could be Charles Bronson's birthday. I don't know, but Doesn't it's Charles Darwin. One of the Charles. Right, we're celebrating them all. Yeah, we're celebrating them all here. But look, lads. It's, it's you know, as, as Matt touched on there, when the signing happens, everyone's happy, everyone's buzzing. And this one is no different because of the sheer scale of it, Gav, isn't it? Like, you're looking at potentially smashing our transfer record. And if that does happen, it'll be because the transfer has been a success, really, you know? So are you excited about I know you mentioned there that you, you, you change from, you know, one minute to the next with these things. But from what you've seen and heard about Darwin Nunes, are you excited to see what next season brings? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know me, I don't watch loads of Portuguese football. I don't watch loads of football. Um, I just watch loads of Liverpool and a good bit of the Premier League. Um, I've other things to be doing, like cutting out that slice I'm hitting off the tee. Um, but look, there's been a lot made of it over the last couple of days. You know, um, 64 million 
is the price. If he goes and wins a Premier League and a Champions League with Liverpool, we'll pay 85 and we'll quite happily pay. And that's how transfers work. Um, there's loads of add-ons on a lot of transfers. There's been a lot made of this. We called last night's show Darwin's Asterix um, just simply because we could. But look, he's, he's come in. Um, there's, a, there's a quote going around from Klopp. I don't know how true it is on how true it is or how real it is. But he's just basically saying he's a great player. Um, he has so much ability and he's he can actually get better and better. And if you just go off that season that he's had with Benfica, how he played against Liverpool, um, a higher standard of player he's going to play with at Liverpool, if you're being fair. And Jurgen Klopp's track record for taking players, whether they're 30, 40, 50 or 70 million, and making them even better and better because... Virgil van Dijk has gone up level since he's arrived at Liverpool at 70 and so has Alisson Becker at 70. There's other players that were much cheaper and they've gone up level so I'm really excited by it. The more and more I look into him and I was trying to I, I really badly went about this on Sunday night trying to figure out where he was going to fit and stuff like that. I was all over the place on Sunday night trying to just get it in my mind but just looking at him and the, watching more and more goals he scored it's just like he could fit it anywhere but if you really need to you know Hit, hit the emergency button and, and stick him up front and make him an out and out number nine he's ap- absolutely made for that as well so forget the fee um, I've forgotten about it already Darwin Nunes is a Liverpool player and we'd be all looking forward to was it the 12th or 13th of July when we play United in Bangkok I think and he could play in that game so um, yeah I'm absolutely thrilled with it and it's gone through he looks happy everyone involved looks happy and everyone else is fuming so that's an added fucking bonus isn't it yeah very true Ash you know the, the Nunes deal goes through and typical you're having to justify the price you're having to Gav talks about an asterisk because you know it gets thrown in on Nunez then doesn't get put onto other onto other players do you care about the price and are you just excited to see him uh, getting settled in I'm just excited if I'm if I'm truthfully honest I'm not going to turn around and say that I know a lot about his gameplay and I've seen much of him because I'm like Gav I don't watch Portuguese football the only thing I've ever seen of him is when he's played against us in the Champions League and I thought he was pretty good um, made Alisson produce an absolute out of this world save that was going to go in so it's always a bonus um, the fee is always going to get inflated there's always going to be comparisons and now you know apparently we've got no money we've, we don't spend and things like that and all of a sudden we're spending astro- astronomical amount of money and there's asterisks as you say there's 85 million there's 64 million there's figures being chucked everywhere but it doesn't take a, a genius to work out that Haaland's more expensive in the long run compared to obviously the, the Nunes deal but there's always that element of doubt that you know a high amount of money is it gonna is it gonna pay off? I, I trust Klopp, so if he wanted him, then by all means I'll have him walk straight through into the team tomorrow. I'm I'm buzzing. I can't wait to see him with him, Salah, and potentially Diaz more than likely on the left. I think that could uh, that could work wonders next season. Indeed, indeed, and Matt, you know it's it's one that right. It's been a long time being confirmed, but. Now that it is now that it is confirmed, um, do you see it being a case where Darwin Nunes goes straight into the Liverpool starting team, or can you see any situation where he might have to walk his way in? So we could start with Salah, Diaz, Jota, or you know something like that. Do you think he, he goes straight in when you're paying that fee for a player? He goes straight into your starting lineup, or how do you see it playing out? With him? Uh, I think at the start of the season, because of the congested nature of the fixtures before the World Cup, I think that Klopp's going to try to rotate the front at a pretty consistent level with the exception of Mo. Mo will just probably play basically every game except for the League Cup early round sort of thing. So I think he's going to play, but I don't know if he's going to be a nailed-on starter every time. But I, he provides – like the, the one thing about him that really got me excited was seeing that he's just blisteringly quick. Like seeing that he has express pace and – so one thing I noticed from last season was how dangerous Trent gets in a situation where pretty much every other fullback in the world, it's not dangerous. And that's when he's retreating from an attacking position on his weaker foot. And he has this ability to just hook the ball with his weaker yeah. foot when their line is trying to push up, our defenders are cutting in. And now you add a guy like him that's big and can take the ball down and has that speed. I, it, it is a tantalizing proposition thinking about Trent Alexander-Arnold whipping the ball into Darwin Nunez. 
And the closer we can get it to the goal line where the header comes into it, he's a big kid. It's it's very, very exciting. So the price should have nothing to do with it. If that's what we have to pay to get the player that we want, we can't have our cake and eat it too. You know, all the people that bitch and moan every other transfer window that we don't spend enough money. And now we're spending money and people are bitching and moaning that it costs too much. So, meh. He's ours now, and he's going to be good because that's just what Klopp does. Sorry, sorry, he like no, I, ahead, I, I was looking at <coughs> compilations of him, and like I said on Sunday night, like is he that fast? And people like roared at me, you know, in the chat, or like, no, he's so fucking fast. Did you not see this? Did you not see that? And you know, it it is it is a, an asset he has, and and when you go back and look at it, it's a huge asset he has. But for me, when you're watching the the things about him, is when we when we see our strikers like or our forwards, Salah is usually pinned by two players, right? Yeah. Mane can be at times as well. Jota for me is is a brilliant at getting in front of a defender or, or getting above a defender, even though he's not great in the air. Um, he's a real instinctive finisher. I think Jota, um, and if you give him a chance, the majority of the time he'll score. This fella for me, I'm not saying he's any worse or better at this, but. His ability to find space is mental. Like, you, there's there's a thing doing the rounds on the in, on on Twitter today about a hat trick he scores, um, and his ability to find space is mad, you know. And it, and on top of that, he doesn't need loads of loads of time when he gets that space. It's literally he knows exactly what he's going to do. Like he there's a goal he scores in this hat trick where the ball breaks in midfield and he's in the inside left channel and you just see him take off and. He's given the ball, takes a touch, left foot, bang, far corner. The goal before that, ball in behind, comes in behind him, he lets it run past him, bang, right foot, far corner. Do you know what I mean? And it's just the ability to find space and be in and get into them, them positions. That is, could be frightening. Because when you watch Liverpool, right, especially against teams that are in a low block and are trying to compress space, if you can find a guy that can find that yard, when there's probably only half a yard available. Um, it's absolutely huge. And I agree with Matt. I think there will be rotation. I think there'll be changes in system, both, you know, start the games and in-game. But he looks like he offers so much in a couple of different ways. And, you know, um, Kev O'Sullivan says in the chat there, the only thing he'd be worried about is maybe the, the fee getting to him. Um, because he is a young guy, 64 million, raising possibly to 85. I don't think the club will let that get to him. I think they'll literally go out and let him play his game. And if that means coaching a bit into him here and there, absolutely fine. But for me, um, I am getting more and more excited every time I see every clip of him. Yeah, I mean, he, he moved from Almeria to Benfica for 24 million euros or 25 million euros two years ago. So he's, he's had that sort of big fee, which was a record at the time. You know, I know it's even bigger this time, but... You know, I, I just think the mentality of these South American players, a lot of the time, they're, they've got that street fighter sort of mentality in them and, and they, they just get on with it. Do you know what I mean? There's been so many of them. And I know they haven't always all worked out, but majority of them, I, I just I wouldn't be worried. Dylan, uh, Dylan O'Rourke makes a good point in there that although Portugal isn't a top five league, I think it might be the most similar to the Premier League in terms of physicality and pace. Heaps of goals, fouls, cards, etc. And most transfers moved across well. And I think that's an excellent point by Dylan because if you look at the players that come from Portugal, and, and we touched on this last week, like, well, the likes of Ruben Diaz comes from Benfica to Man City. And the physicality of the Premier League doesn't look like it bothers them. Now, I know Man City aren't exactly getting laid and peppered with players trying to pin them back or anything, but... You know, the, there's this, um, look at the Wolves team where Portuguese players are coming in all the time or players from Portugal coming all the time and they seem to settle nicely and that's that's another thing. You know, Klopp has said he's, he's name-checked the Portuguese league as one that he thinks technically is brilliant and if, if I put this outlay in on a player, I just think there has to be, um, it, it, you can never be 100% sure on the transfer, but there has to be a lot of... Um, certainty that this one is going to work and I just I'm interested to see how it happens I'm interested to see how it happens but look lads that's Darwin right we could talk about them all night but we won't we're going to look at a few other teams around the league and the business that they're doing I want to quickly have a little chat about Manchester United right because <clears throat> Manchester United are linked with everyone they are linked with everybody 
I've been given names for players that Liverpool apparently are linked at. And when you go into the into Google them, just looking for links, all you see is welcome to Manchester, you know, including Darwin Nunes, by the way. <laughs> you know, and, and they've all every single one of them have these um these videos. But Ash, I'll come to you. Man United have got a big rebuild to do because the amount of players they lost sheer, purely through contracts sort of running out. We're talking about Juan Mate, Paul Pogba, Nemanja Matic, um, Jesse Lingard. Like, There's a lot, a lot of changes there, but one they were linked with today was Christian Eriksen. Can you see Christian Eriksen to Manchester United being a goer or how do you see that one playing out? Uh... Well, it's certainly it cause concern for his health again, I think, if he went back to Man United, if I'm truthfully honest. Um, now, all jokes aside, Chris Harrison is a good player. I'll take him at Liverpool. Um, but I could see I could see why they would go for Man United, uh, why Ericsson is an interest for Man United. I think it would be more suited to staying at Brentford, if I'm truthfully honest. I think he's settled there. He's, he's loved. He's adored by the fans. Not saying that United fans wouldn't. But I think it's Ericsson five years ago. Yeah, maybe. I'm not saying that he's not half the player that he is, but I would think that he would still be better off in a in a Spurs or or a Brentford rather than in Man United. I've been I've done a bit of looking up earlier, and the players that they've been linked with are all Ten Hag previous players, aren't they? Like the Frankie de Jongs, the Anthony's. It's 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 the Ajax link. Um, it seems to be. You know, like when we had Benitez, it seems to be mostly Spanish players, wasn't it? And and stuff like that. It seems to be what he's familiar with. Um, Man United needs a massive rebuild. There's no ways about it. I mean, you could probably say they at least need nine on a, on a good day, but then that's not going to be done in one transfer window. Like I said, Pogba's gone or going, should we say? Matic is gone. Lingard, the list is endless. But if you're going to ship out all those players, then you're going to need them all back in. And with the amount of names that they're being, they're being linked with everyone. We've got Pau Torres as well. Um, Timber as well. I've never heard of Timber, to be fair. I've never, ever heard of him, but as another name that cropped up. Um, it just seems like because of the, the rebuilding process that they're in at the moment, every name is being linked under the sun. What they need to go for, probably say the defence. Harry Maguire is just absolute kick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust him at all. Yeah, I would probably say that you're going to see a lot of incomings like going from Man United. Whether they're going to be the right signings, times will tell, really. Um, but I can see the, I can see the why the links are happening because of Ten Hag is a Y axe. Matt um, Ash touches on the the Dutch or the Eredivisie links to Manchester United, and I suppose Christian Eriksen. Well, he wouldn't. I don't think have played for ten. No, he would. I don't know where Ten Hag was coaching. He was at Bayern Munich, so no, he wouldn't have sort of featured on that Ten Hag when he was at Ajax. He did play for Ajax, and it's another um, Dutch connection there. Do you see most of these, as Ash said, as just being two and two equals six here because? They're just taking players from Holland. For example, Ibrahim Sangara, who live Sangari, who Liverpool are linked with, is linked with Manchester United. Again, a Dutch player that Ten Hag knows well from the Eredivisie. Do you, do you agree that they just need an absolutely huge rebuild there? And do you put any um, any credence to this Christian Eriksen link there? Or how do you see, where do you see Eriksen ending up? Uh I, d- I don't see Ericsson ending up at Man United. Uh, there's Bruno Fernandez and him play the same position. Like United would be foolish to not be playing Bruno Fernandez in his best position, which, you know, right in the middle in that ten roll. Uh, but yeah, it's brilliant how much work Manchester United need to get done. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to what Ten Hag thinks of the existing fullbacks, because towards the end, uh, Ragnick did not favor Juan Bissaka and Luke Shaw at all, basically ran them out of the team almost. So if Ten Hag is the same way, they, they need some reinforcement at fullback. Um, and I don't, I don't blame Ten Hag for going with what he knows. You know, he knows the Dutch league, he knows Dutch players. And, you know, that Ajax team was pretty damn exciting. So Donny van der Beek will be back at Man United next season. So if they get Frankie de Jong in, that's a pretty decent midfield. It's certainly better than, you know, McFred. Uh, and to me, like as a Liverpool fan, I would be concerned if he took that old Ajax link one further 
and went and got Matthias Delict from Juventus because if he did that, that might actually start to fix Man United's defense because it's it's terrible currently. Yeah, the Delict one is strange because I see um, Chiellini <coughs> signing for LA. Um, so I'd say uh, Delict, I, I don't think he will move there. I'd say Jordan Timber is the one that he will go for at, at the back. But Gav, you know, the lads have touched on it there. The amount of players that we said are out of contract, but that's without, as Matt said, Wambasaka, Luke Shaw look like they've been drummed out. Like it's a huge rebuild there. And does it remind you of, you know, 10 years ago at Liverpool where it was just like every name under the sun and nothing, nothing happening? Or can you see big moves happening into Man United this season, this summer? Uh, look, you've seen a, quite a few going. You know, Pogba's, I think he's yet to just declare where he's off to. Um, Juventus are being heavily linked there. Uh, Juan Mata's gone. Lingard's gone. Matic is gone. Uh, Cavani is gone. Um, Martial looks like he won't figure for United. It's, it, there's loads of players. Loads of players are going out and none of them will be really missed. It's not like someone's running down a contract like, oh yeah, you're Salah. Where you're going, he's, he's one of your best players. None of them will be missed. And I don't think many of them suit the way Tan Hag wants to play. He he is he's playing it safe, I think. But he's kind of caught here because there is a rebuild, right? But it's still at the end of the day, Manchester United. And we know how this rolls. You know, they'll rock into the season after signing two or three. They'll all convince themselves that they're going to be the business again. It'll go slightly wrong at some stage, and they'll all start crying again. All right? And then who did he start crying over? Well, they'll do the Glazers for a bit, but um, usually the fourth person is the manager. When it's if if it's between now and Christmas, you know, or now in the World Cup and it's going wrong, the manager will get it in the neck. Um, it's only when it goes on a bit further that they start turning on the Glazers. Usually around February when they find the yellow and green scarves and start acting up. Um, but he, I understand where he's going, keeper. I was saying this. I was saying this in the, in the Telegram group earlier. Who he's being linked to are good players, but. With the squad he currently has there, and one or two of them don't hit the ground running, where if they come in, he's in trouble. Right? I think he is walking off a budget. You know, I think they offered Darwin Nunes more money than Liverpool did. Um, they were definitely looking at that thing, but I think I think he does have a budget, and I think the club are being a little bit um, cautious with what they're trying to do, which is fair because they've been awful transfer wise the last four or five years in particular. And he has a big, big job, Keith. It's a big, big job because, like, Ash said nine players there and you kind of gasp at that. But then when you actually look at it, you go, he's not far off. If if he wants to play the way Ten Hag likes to play, Ajax press and they do this and they do that, you know, Luke Shaw going to do that for you? No. If Wan-Bissaka presses, you'll eat him alive. You know, um, I like McTominay. Um I do like him, but I don't think Rashford will put the walk in for you. Ronaldo certainly won't. Um, Sancho. Sancho, I don't know. I think he's more of a front foot player. But, but I just think for United, they're being linked with all these players. On Ericsson, I think we're going to talk about Spurs in a bit because they're, they're having a really good window so far and it's early days. But if I'm Ericsson, I'm not going there. You know, it's, it's, um, it's Europa League football, isn't it? It's Thursday, Sunday. It's, you're literally at the start of a new dawn, as they would call it, Manchester United. But you don't know if the sun's going to come up, yeah. and you know the sun needs the sun needs to come up for, you know. So, and you just don't know if it's going to go with this no, you sun just, analogy. Yeah, but you don't you don't know if it's going to come up there. So it's <coughs> it's a big risk. Man United is a big risk for any player, um, and not because of the ability these players are being linked with. It's what they currently have there, the structure within the club, and how long they would actually give. Ten Hag, you know, I can, I can see, I can see a situation where, you know, they do really well next season. He gets them and he says he drills them and he says, look, we can't play exactly the way I want to play, but this is what we're going to do, and we're going, you know, he can't press high with Harry Maguire into him. Simple as that, you know, he just can't. He's fucking awful. He can't turn. He can't run, and so he might have to alter what he's doing a little bit and maybe look that two or three windows down the road before he gets exactly where he wants to be, but. Players, I think, might be a bit kind of, do I go there? Because there's enough bits to that puzzle that just don't fit right now. And it could end up United going down to um, what they usually go down to. And that's throwing absolute wads of money at people. 
and hoping it works. And I, I just think it's a huge, huge job. And I know it's Manchester United, but it's, it's one I'm actually really intrigued by to see what he does because uh, he could he could go mad and do five or six this summer, or he could take his medicine and do two or three and look at this as a long term project. But if it goes slightly wrong in any way, um, they'll go from. That's just the way they work. Indeed, indeed, and it, I suppose it just goes to show, you know, you, you can have a huge rebuild and sometimes a manager will go in and can say, right, I want 11 of these players out here because we've we've named loads there that'll, that aren't fit for purpose and you get them out or does he need to go in there and look at what he has and say, right, I'm going to have to get something out of this and I'm going to have to just gradually improve this squad but not too much at one time and if we move on to another team you've just mentioned there Gav Spurs Matt I'm going to come to you here Antonio Conte has gone into Spurs Antonio Conte has a defined way of playing he has a set system that he always plays he goes with three at the back he goes with wing backs wide midfield players and he goes with sort of three up top or two playing behind the uh, central striker now last summer or last season sorry they brought in um, Cutie Romero they brought in um, Rodrigo Bentancourt and he brought in uh, Dej- Dejan Kulazewski and three really good additions to Spurs now this summer it looks like they're even strengthening even more and sensibly strengthening so they've brought in Perisic who will play on the left wing back role for them I would imagine they're linked with Jed Spence haven't bought me yet but heavily linked with Jed Spence to fill in the right wing back role for them, which is a problem position for them as well. They are linked with Richarlison. I don't really get that one, but I suppose there's a lot of games to be played. Big money for him. But anyway, they're linked with him. But the one that's got everybody talking is a £25 million bid accepted for Yves Basuma. What do you make of Basuma at Spurs and Spurs business in general, Matt? Uh. Basuma is a cloudy one just because of his whole court thing. And, you know, even if he's not found guilty, it might not mean that he's also innocent at the same time. So, you know, we don't know the particulars behind it. And there could be a reason why one club, like I would have liked to think that Liverpool would have been sniffing around getting Yves Basuma out of Brighton. You know, he looked like a pretty good promising player. Um, But that's, yeah, Conte is getting it right. 100%. 100%. Like, I'm expecting Victor Moses to be announced as, you know, a backup squad option in the near future. But, like, even Fraser Forrester is a good, solid backup goalie. They picked him up on a free, you know. It's a homegrown quota ticked off. He looks like Jack Reacher, so that really helps as well, too. Uh, there's another defender, Glayson Bremer from Torino, that apparently they're linked with. And Liverpool have been linked with him for years. Um, yeah. Gelson Bremer, yeah, Gleason Bremer. We've been linked with him a long, long time. Don't never thought there was anything in it, but he's a name that does crop up all right. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, Romero was, I think, a big signing for them. You know, when they made that signing last year, because we had played Atlanta in the Champions League, and it was like, you know, had seen him play against our forwards, and like, you know, he's, he's good. Like, my brother in law is a Spurs fan, but it's like, Eric Dyer and Ben Davies, like you, they have to upgrade on that. So if he can, he, if he can address that as well, you know, Spurs could be in a really, really good position and they're not spending a lot of money. So hopefully they don't go and muck that all up by spending, you know, 60 million pounds on Richarlison. <laughs> very true. Very true. Ash, Spurs business. Are you impressed by it? Do you agree with, do you agree with Matt that, you know, that they're filling in the needs, but they still have a couple of holes to fill? Yeah, I completely agree with Matt. I think it's been pretty sound business from Spurs so far. The only one I did scoff at was the Richardson one. It just didn't make sense for the amount of money that's been tightened around for him. And yeah, it'd be good for good business for Everton, but I I don't see how he would benefit going to Spurs. Um, But in regards to what they have done so far, like I said, we've had links for him for the last couple of years. Very good player. Um, I think we've you spoke about it last year, Keith, on, on the Trippers last summer. You know, big, highly thought of. Again, like Matt said, the the court incident and whatever happens with that could be a interesting outcome. Um, I would imagine Spurs has got enough information to know that it might be all right, hence the reason why they've gone for him. Perisic, he's been reliable for Croatia and... I could see and I could understand that sign him. Shed Spence, again, I'm not all too familiar with what he's done. But again, 
why I've heard he's a good player upcoming, would do a good job on the right. I think they've done good business. And like I said, this is their first season back in the Champions League what, since we beat them in the final. So they need the numbers as well. They need the strength and depth. But I think a couple of central defenders, and I think they'll be a team to keep an eye on for next season, for definite. Indeed, indeed. Wizard makes a good point there. The director of football at Spurs was the best signing they've made. Stay from Juve and Conte knows he'll do the business. Paratici is very good there. But Gav, a lot of talk about um, the the background, the ESPN, not an allegedly to be had by the lad, so I hope you have the the, the lawyers on speed oil there just in case hmm. but are you happy with Spore's business and Basuma in particular because I know you sort of like Basuma as a player and he's a name that's been linked with Liverpool and I think Matt said it there why have we not been at that price why have we not been mentioned do you think we've moved on maybe from him or why are Spore's getting a free run at this fella well I think he's out of contract next summer yeah, that's the fourth thing. Um, look, there is allegations made against Ius Basuma. Everyone knows that. Um, we don't know where it is at the moment. I suppose, maybe I would say, Spurs no more than me and you about it, considering yeah. the twenty-five million quid on the table. Um, he's a very good player, and look, there's two things in this for me with Spurs. One, they need the strength because they're in the Champions League, right? They like. They scrape into fourth last season after going out of, I think they were in Europe before Christmas. Um, it's around Christmas time, isn't it, when they don't play that game? They it out, yeah. Yeah, f- yeah, some French, some French team. Ren. Um, and so, so they've, they basically have a five month run at the league and they, they basically confirm it on the last day. And it's more or less down to Arsenal's collapse because Spurs do have some dodgy kind of results in the last seven, eight games. I remember, I think yeah. they get beaten by home by Brighton. Brighton, yeah. Um, and there was one or two where they didn't look great, but they get they get through it. Arsenal held them in a massive way. There's two things to this for me though. They have to strengthen and they see an opportunity. And the opportunity is is kind of there's a two pronged on this. One, what's gonna happen at Chelsea? Because alright they've been bought for a colossal amount of money, but these people aren't gonna come in and go, We've spent this colossal amount of money, let's continue to spend on the levels we've spent on because if you Take away that 1.6 billion as to where it came from. Chelsea needed 1.6 billion above what they're earning to keep themselves going over the last 20 years, right? Which is not a healthy position to be in, all right? And they, I think that that, that crowd come in at Chelsea and I think they looked to balance books to a certain extent. So you might see some transfers at Chelsea that are going to be a little bit. Shrewd, as you would call them. Now, they're losing Christensen, um, they're losing Azpilicueta, but that, that'll all depend on Barcelona getting their arse in gear. Um, Lukaku's rumoured to be on the way out. There's a couple more. So Spurs are looking at this as an opportunity where they can, A, look to take Chelsea's place in the top three. I don't think Spurs are going to be naive enough. And I'm not writing them off by any means. People will say, oh, you're writing them off completely. Spurs could go on a brilliant run next year and chance for the title. We've seen it. But I think they're looking to to go, we could jump Chelsea here. And even if we don't jump Chelsea, we can put distance between Arsenal and United because they're in the Europa League. You will struggle to attract players of a certain calibre. A, because you've Arteta in in charge and it's Arsenal. And B, it's a new manager at Manchester United, right? The business so far, Paris is a really good one. Um, I don't think he fancies Ben Ben Davis as a left wing back, and I don't think he fancies Regalon either. I think he only used Regalon as kind of emergency at times. Yeah. On the right hand side, um, I think he was actually using the the Irish guy left, wasn't he? And Doctor, yeah, yeah, and then he was using Emerson Royal at the right, and Emerson yeah. Royal is a, is a, is an athlete, but I don't know how. I'm a bit iffy over him. Jed Spence is really highly rated on loan. And, Nottingham Forest to get promoted from Middlesbrough. So Middlesbrough in the championship will probably be looking for 15, 20 million quid to bolster their own chances of getting into the Premier League. So that's clever. The Basuma one makes sense. Benton um, Hoiberg in the middle of midfield. I don't think Harry Winks has a future there. So you could literally be taking Harry Winks out and probably getting 10, 12, 15 million from off somebody and bringing Basuma in for 25. Forgetting, if you forget about everything, that's the baggage that's going along there. Um, the Richarlison someone is weird. I think it's very hard for Spurs to sign a striker yeah. because it's Harry Kane, 
it's always Harry Kane. And you have got Son and you have got Kulisevsky, but Richardson isn't going to run up and, up and down the left and right-hand side of you. It's just not going to happen, right? He might do it a bit at Everton because they're going to be relegated and he tries a bit. But overall, he's not going to. And you've seen how far Lucas Moura has fallen down the pecking order there since basically he got dropped for the Champions League final for a half a Harry Kane. But they're doing good business. And I think they've been linked with Lengley, haven't they, from Barcelona. Um, that the Torino sent to have, as you said. And, and the third thing to this, and I'm going on a bit here, but the third thing to this is Antonio Conte will want action. Because I would say what's hanging over Spurs' head is if we don't do what this fella says, and he's a brilliant manager, by the way, over a certain period of time with certain tools at his disposal. I don't think he'd be there in two years' time, let me say that. But I think if if they step out of line with him, he will just be literally going PSG out there. You know? Yeah. And they're trying to fend off any potential interest from PSG by showing Antonio Conte that he have ambition. So, so far, so good for sports. But they all have to work. You know, they all have to work. And Bentoncourt has to work again next season. Kulisevsky has to work again next season. Harry Kane has to stay fit. So does Son. You know, so... Overall, they're strengthening. I think they're trying to put a distance between themselves and the teams that are behind them and looking at Chelsea and saying we can go above them. So, yeah, so far, so good for them. But we'll see how it goes um, during the window before it closes on August 24th or whatever it is. Indeed, indeed. Um, Ash, I'm going to come back to you. Manchester City, right? They announced Erling Haaland yesterday. Like it was some surprise move. Um, it got the world to, to hear how... Haaland was a Man City fan and people are going mad about this but his outfit played for Man City when he was a kid so you know no doubt that he does have ties to Man City but they're also linked forget about Haaland we know what he brings to the table right they're also linked with Calvin Phillips um, strongly linked with Calvin Phillips 50 to 60 million do you see him being a, a, a player that City will spend that money on and do you think he'd have an impact at Man City? I was shocked. I didn't think that was the calibre of player that Man City was looking for for their midfield. Um, so when they put Calvin Phillips links in, I was a bit taken aback by it. And then you look at it and you think, well, they kind of need to freshen the midfield up anyway in regards to the fact that they've got a lot of players who's been there for a while now. And I think they're going to go for a, a period of time now where they're going to try and bring the average age down as well. I think there's been links that um, Bernardo Silva is leaving. Um, Mara's uh, Sterling, there's there's an overall players all of a sudden, and the fact that they've started with Calvin Phillips, I can see why. But then at the same time, is it a short term thing because he's just got into the England team, and it's just a bit of a flash in the pan? I think his legs are gone with what he's done at Leeds the last couple of years. I think he's been absolutely nailed and the injury is going to come left, right and centre. Um, but then Man City seems to have the ball a lot more and they can calm it down and they play a completely different way than Man City. So that could benefit him in that kind of regards. Another player that I've seen him look linked for is Cucurella yeah. from Brighton. Um, it's probably about another 50, 60 million. That's play paid that amount of money for left-backs, don't they? So... That would bring their net spend up to about 50 million is the room would fee. There you go. So that's another 50 million pound left back. Um, just to add to the rest of them. I think, I think I could see it working, but I don't think, I, did, I just didn't expect it to be that kind of caliber of player that they're going for. I just, I it just completely bewildered me by it would be Calvin Phillips, but it, it does make sense to a certain degree. Matt, you heard of Man City's business and, and Ash touched on it there, Kilgorella, Calvin Phillips, and a lot of players being linked with outgoings as well. Are people clutching at straws and will City just be as strong as they usually are next year? And if they do bring in Kilgorella for 50 and Calvin Phillips for, let's say, 50, they don't really give a shit if they work or not because they've just got a squad there that absorbs these type of transfers. Or do you think it is a, a bit of a, a turning point, um, not a turning point, sorry, a, a refresh of their squad where, you know, they lose Fernandinho, um, as you spoke about, Sterling linked away, Bernardo linked away, Mares linked away, Jesus linked away. Do you think there might be a bit of a turnover at City there or is it just wishful thinking from Liverpool fans? I mean, it's probably wishful thinking and, you know, the Holland transfer, which is brilliant, by the way. I mean, he's 
he's a freak of nature. It's, it bothers me that he's going to be playing for Man City next year because he is really good. So that's a brilliant bit of business. But uh, when you looked at City's squad towards the end of the season, you know, they picked up one or two injuries. And all of a sudden, when they're in a title race coming down the last three or four games of the season and they've got four kids on their bench sort of thing, like their squad isn't as deep. It's the reason why the narrative kind of switched from Liverpool doesn't have a squad that's strong enough to compete with Man City to all of a sudden at the end of the year, Pep was standing there crying poor about how many massage table visits his players had to take, you know, after playing Atletico Madrid. Like they're the first English team to play Atletico sort of thing. So uh, I don't imagine a lot of players will be leaving City. Uh, I heard that the price they said for Bernardo Silva was 80 million pounds. It's hard to picture a lot of clubs coming in with 80 million pounds for Bernardo Silva. Um, You know, Raheem Sterling probably will eventually lose his place to Jack Grealish, but he doesn't need to leave. And Jesus could leave. But, you know, if City are going to set a price on it because they don't want to be made fools of, you know, everybody knows that money's kind of no object to them in Newcastle, but they're still businessmen. They're not going to want to have their pants pulled down or anything like that. So if they hold out for, you know, 40 or 50 million for Gabriel Jesus, just it's hard to see a lot of clubs coming in. You know, Arsenal will have to get real desperate to be putting that kind of cash down for him. So it'll just be business as usual for Man City and they'll go into next season and have a bench that's worth more than 15 Premier League teams combined. Indeed, Gav, Man City. Um, Haaland is obviously uh, an exceptional player. He's one of the most highly taught, sought, sorry, forward players in Europe, in the world. Do you see um, the likes of Phillips and, and Kilgarella as being strengthened Man City's options, or is it just squad fillers as well? And, and the Haaland is just the sort of blockbuster, and the other two lads will just be there if and when they're needed. Um. It's look. It, it's it's always interesting with City because you don't usually hear about a lot of outgoings of City. The outgoings of City are usually quite quiet. You know, players that have been out of you know contention or going to be in, in the background and don't do an awful lot for City. And they go and City get fifteen and twenty million here and there, and and that's it. I I kind of see something happen at City this summer though, and I think you know that thing where you know if we keep doing the same thing over and over again you know, and expecting different outcomes, you know, it's a bit silly. And I think Pep might be at that at the moment. He might be looking going, look, this team has been overall kept together for four or five years. If you look at De Bruyne, you look at Fernandinho, you look at Rodri even now, I think that was his third or fourth season. Of season. Yeah. Um, you look at Mares, you know, that's Mares must be there five years now, I think at this stage. Um, Sterling, Jesus, there's a load of players, Kyle Walker, you know, there's a load of players there. Yeah, there's loads of players there that are there for three, four years and they've all had a crack at the Champions League and it just hasn't worked. And maybe he is looking and going, I can get a few out. They're still really, um, they'd be seen as really valuable transfers in the market at the moment. And Calvin Phillips makes a bit of sense to me. I don't think he'd come in and be, be absolutely demanding the play every week. They do need someone um, that can help out Rodri, a little bit like Liverpool needs someone that can help out Fabinho because as good as Liverpool and Man City are uh, having a lot of the ball, their defence midfielders do an awful lot. They cover an awful lot. Rodri covers so much ground for Man City. He's covering full backs. He's covering the midfielders in front of him. He's dropping in at centre half at times if he needs to. You know, if if you know centre halves go forward, they do an awful lot of running. And I, the Calvin Phillips one kind of makes sense. You know, it lowers the age profile, as one of the lads said there. Um, He's gettable from Leeds. Injury concerns, yeah. But he'd come in there and he'd be seen as a as a replacement for Fernandinho or a long-term replacement. I think I don't know if Fernandinho leaves this summer. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, he's retired. Is he, is he gone? Okay. Um, so so they will, I think they will bring someone in there. Cucciarella is interesting because I think you'll see Cancelo going to the right back. And you could see Cucciarella playing there with Zinchenko as his backup. Um He's really good going forward, Kutcher. He's a really good footballer. He can actually play. He's a, probably a better wing-back than a full-back. But any time I've seen him, I've been really impressed with him. Kyle Walker will probably end up going back in as a cover at right-back, but will probably end up playing a lot of centre-back and being used there because he did moan Pep about 
lack of options and stuff like that. Now, he has got Diaz, he has got Laporte, he has got Stones, he has got Ake, but Ake's been linked with a move to Newcastle. And you might see him, I'm not saying they're just bringing them in for the sake of bringing them in. I think they will play a part, but I think it's about filling out this squad again. And Haaland makes a massive difference. You know, Jesus looks like he's on his way out. There's been links with Mares, there's been links with Sterling um, leaving the club. And I could possibly see one of them leaving as well. I think they might go with something different. Like Foden is a fantastic player. He's gonna be he's if he's not the number one on the team she up front alongside Haaland, there's something wrong. And I think when he's looking at Sterling and Mares, he's thought they've had four or five years now. Like Sterling's a Sterling's there seven years. You know? And I think he might just look and go, I'm going to sacrifice one of these for something else. And I I, I think the quality can still be there. I think the numbers can still be there. We can be a bit different and it'll give us a bigger chance to win the Champions League while still being able to defend the Premier League title. So I think you will see moving that Man City and they probably need it because when you look at the amount of years they're there and I know they've won loads of trophies and we have players similar but we seem to be, we've bar- we've hit the barrier of the Premier League. We've gone through that. We've gone through the Champions League barrier. We're looking to just cement our place as a really top, top side. They can't... In their own mind, they can't be seen as that until they win the Champions League. And I'm not sure he's convinced that what he has at his disposal now, going into next season, even with Haaland, he's a lot of the same. And I think he might think just a change, just a freshness might get him over the line. So you might, I think you will see moving from him. Representing the Lawson clan, we've Garrett Lawson in the chat there saying not many will move with the World Cup on the horizon, which is a good point. You know, you wouldn't expect much movement but I do think City you know th- there is a need maybe to freshen up a bit you know and the likes of Sterling I, the, the most likely I think you're looking at Sterling and Jesus to move on but it'll be interesting to see what happens I'm not going to spend much time I think Leeds have done good business Um, they brought in Marco Rocca today from Bayern Munich which would be the replacement for uh, mm-hmm. Calvin Phillips and Jesse March looks to be getting in you know he's, he's brought in Brandon Aronson Brandon Aronson and he's brought in um the, oh, I can't think of that fella's name, Rasmus Christensen, Christensen um, from, you know, he's getting them Salzburg players in and linked with Taki as well, you know, and it makes sense because Taki was a, a good player under him as well at Salzburg. So Leeds look like they're doing good business. We're linked again with Rafinha um, and I want to move on to some players that Liverpool are linked with before we wrap up. So Rafinha being linked with Liverpool again. Um, Ash, do you think there's anything in this one or is it just he's been linked with everybody else and Liverpool are just getting thrown into the mix now as well? I was certain that he was going to go to Barca at one point. I thought that was concrete up in January. Um, I thought that was still going to be the case for this summer. So unless I've missed some up and that's not happening no more. Um, I think we've always been linked up with Rafinha for the last 12, 18 months. Um I think the fee is probably a, a problem. Sixty million, did you say? Yeah, that's the figure. Yeah, that's, is is he worth sixty million? I I don't think so. I think if Leeds went down and his buyout clause went down to what twenty five, twenty million, I think that's something that we would look at more than the sixty million buying mark. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but if you're going to replace Salah, then you're going to want someone who's probably a little bit more proven than Rafinha uh, in the goal scoring front. Uh, I could I could understand why we are we are linked with him, but I I generally thought he was going to Barcelona. Um, it might still happen. You don't never know. They seem to pull a rabbit out of the hat all the time, don't they? With their finances, they, they can't sign someone one week, but all of a sudden they're announcing potentially Lewandowski next week or Rafinha in the week after, and whatever that looks like. So I can see the links. I can see why, but I I can't see us. I can't see us buying them personally. No, Barcelona having a pot to piss in. They bid on Gav last week and then backed away because they couldn't afford him. So I wouldn't pay too much attention to what Barcelona yeah. did. That's because I wanted um, the soldier cans to get in the soldier cans instead yeah. of the standard. They couldn't guarantee. Couldn't guarantee. Um, but lads, uh, Liverpool, right? Matt, I'll come to you. Can you see Liverpool doing any more business? Um, I know we're strongly linked with the young Aberdeen lad, Calvin Ramsey. Looks like it probably will get done. Do you see Liverpool doing any business in midfield? I don't. I don't. Uh, I think it's, I said before, it's, I think it's a wait and see on Bellingham with the release clause next summer. Uh, unless somebody, you know, 
makes a noise somewhere and says they want to move. Like personally, I'd be all over Telemans. If we could get Telemans out of Leicester for 40 million, 35 million, I'd be all over that. But I think that's probably uh, slightly fanciful how low that figure would be. I'd imagine that Leicester would want, you know, 50, 60 million for Telemans. Uh, he, but, hasn't signed, he hasn't no, signed I, the new deal though. <clears throat> I, I didn't think he signed the new deal, did he? No, I don't think so. Oh no, yeah, his deal does expire next summer. So yeah, because I mean, was, maybe there there's was big room. There was big rumors last November, December over Tillman's moving, and then apparently it was going to be now he's signing a new deal and it never materialized. Yeah, like he's 25. He's a you know good age. You know, even if it's in a work, I guess you can't announce pre agreements with the same country in January, sort of thing. But uh, that's about it. I mean, there's news that uh, Ruben Neves might be up for sale from Wolves. Again, it depends on the price. It's I, I don't see Liverpool spending big on a midfielder, but if you can get somebody that's somewhat proven for a decent price. There is a lot of links, you know, and I think that's the key. I can't see us spending big. Gav, have you any names come across that, that are exciting you? So Matt touches on Telemans, uh, Ruben Neves. I've seen Conrad Lamar off Leipzig being linked. I've seen um, Kudio Kone off... Um, Munching Gladbach, we've seen Amadou and Onana off Lille, we've seen Ibrahim Sangare off PSV, and they all, you know, it just seems to be a case where it, people are just throwing midfield names into the half for Liverpool. Can you see any business being done now? Do you, are, are you feeling like Liverpool are going to get business done early and there is one surprise to come, or do you think Ramsey and maybe that's it? There's all sorts going on with Ramsey, you know, there was talk it was four million, possibly going to six or something like that, and um, of course it'd be reported to six, because that's what you do with Liverpool now, you don't actually put the transfer fee in, you have to put everything in, and his expenses for the biscuits um, during the week is going to be added to that as well, that's how we work with Liverpool now, Um, and then it was like, oh, Aberdeen want more money, Calvin Ramsey's in Dubai. Um, I seen someone posted up his Instagram today. He's, he's in Dubai, like he's not going anywhere for the minute. Um, I think that's still in a stage where it's just being maybe close to finalised, and then he would travel to to Liverpool. But he's as, as it looks like he's on his holidays, um, with his with his girlfriend or whatever. Um, something you said, Keith, is, is sticking in my head. And when when you said, if you haven't done show many, why do you just turn your attention and sign? Darwin Nunes and that stuck in my head because Liverpool don't come across as a team like that they just don't you know we, we speak and not only us loads of Liverpool fans um, that do podcasts or YouTube or whatever or whatever you listen to and they always speak about how meticulous Liverpool are how there's a definite plan of where they want to go how there's so many options and so many positions and they walk off the list that they have and stuff like that I can't see Liverpool who are most definitely in for Aurelian and Shio many turning and going, didn't get him. Ah, let's go and find a striker. I think they would have done them both if they could. So I think a midfield will happen. Um, Telemans, I'm always, I'm torn on Telemans. I think he's a really good player, but I don't think he's what we need now. No. Um, I think he. I think someone in the chat said uh, he has Arsenal written all over him. I agree. I yes, think he does have yeah. Arsenal written all over him. Yeah. But midfield was I keep going back to Bellingham. Now maybe. I'm just being a bit greedy and saying just go in and do try it now or being stupid, to be perfectly honest with you. And if I am being stupid, I'll hold my hands up. But the talk is is that Bellingham has more or less told Dortmund, look, I'll do another year, unless something ridiculous happens. And if he does, Liverpool just have to be in the right position for next summer, which by all accounts they are. So you might have to look at that. So, But I still see them doing something. Like I, I'm... I don't want to see Oxlade-Chamberlain leave the club, which I think he will, and not bring a midfielder in. Mm. Now, people will say, well, he only started six games. He only involved in 15 games. I don't care. You know, what I want is a player that we involved in 25 games or 35 games coming in to replace him. And it's still a number in the squad. It's still a body in the squad. And people will say, oh, well, Tyler Martin. Tyler Martin's a really good young player, but we're playing... We're playing for very high stakes here. We've no margin for error. We know this. So I think something in midfield will happen. Um, but I don't think it'd be astronomical money. I, th- I think I think you're probably looking around the 30, 40 million mark. And on that sort of money, Sangari has been linked massively from 
from PSV. Um, I really don't know, Keith, because there's names being thrown out every fucking 10 minutes. And I know Liverpool have lists of players, but fuck me, like, this is like, this is, you know, A4 pages of stuff at this stage. You know, the names coming out. So I think they will do something there. And I think they'll do the right back from Aberdeen. And I think something happens with Salah as well. I genuinely Um, do. I think, I think there's going to be a breaking point with Salah before the end of this summer. I think he'll either sign or I think Liverpool might look to sell him. Interesting, I, yeah. I do, I do, and it's called it, it's called it. And look, look, let me say very, very clearly here I want Salah to sign a new deal at Liverpool, four year deal, and stay. Right? The worst thing that can happen is Salah leaving, right? In my opinion, he's not going to get the, the offers on the table. He, for me, his agent is trying to push certain agendas to try to get Liverpool to break in some way. And Liverpool don't look like breaking, you know. and I just don't know. It's 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 the whole circus around it for me. Once this once this transfer window ends, it's going to be literally ten months of incessant stuff yeah. about Mo Salah. And you can be as you can be as professional as you want, and and be as far removed as you or try to be as far removed as you as you can be. But it will end up getting to people. It will end up affecting things. And I want them to sign a deal. I have I have a little feeling that something might pop up before the end of the summer. Liverpool might do something up front because Salah, if he doesn't sign the deal before the window closes, I think they might look to move him on. It's hard to move him on if he doesn't want to go. Yeah, no, I know. Say I know. That, but on the other side of that, you know, there's only a handful of teams in the world who'll be able to afford him. And if they think they mm. can get him ahead of the other teams, for example, if Real Madrid think they need a forward player, and they don't want to let it go down to a, um, a, an auction next summer, they might come in and, and bid for him and, and we'll give him astronomical money to go there that Salah may be happy with. So something could happen. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that did happen. And I'm getting loads of mention in the chats there is uh, Matthias, Matthias Nunes of Sporting Lisbon, and he's a player that's strongly been linked with Liverpool. He was linked with Wolves, but it looks like possibly Liverpool now um, challenging them for that. An interesting player, but he's, you know, if he's a number eight. He's he's a very, I was looking at um, a lot of stuff wrote about him and I can't see them bringing in a Nunes now and uh, Jude Bellingham next summer because they seem quite similar players to me. They're, both sort of in the same positions, the same area. So I'd be interested to see. I think they're going to do a midfielder as well, but I think it will be more along the lines of a Sangare or a Kone, a player that can play not maybe not naturally a number six, but can cover the number six role when Fabinho was injured and needs a rest. And I don't know if a Nunes is, is that type of player. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but quite, I think... Go on. Go ahead. No, no there's I, quite a few. I think there's a lot, a lot of names being linked there, and I think it's exciting. And I think people saying, you know, you, you have people moaning about oh, Liverpool's transfer window will be over already. You know, we bring in transfer record, and people are moaning about that. But I just think they're going to go out and do a midfielder, and they're going to do the young lad off, um, off Aberdeen as well. That's that's the most realistic, you know. And maybe that should Salah show was throwing a few people because there's there's plenty in the chat going now. Like John said, it'd be criminal to to sell him. Paul says, nah, leave it out. Salah and Manny in the same year, too much not happening. <clears throat> it's a, the only thing in my head over is you're looking at the Bellingham thing and you're saying right, we hold out for a year because there's no doubt Liverpool want Joe Bellingham, right? I think he's, he's just there's too much smoke there, where you know being for. And Liverpool could could look and go that one we're looking at next one we don't need to, we'll bring it forward, you know what I mean? That because if they think Salah's running down that contract, you know they've listed six five six players, you know it, and they're gonna they're gonna scout the life out of them between now and the end uh, next season. They're gonna start talking to them possibly in the next six months. I just I just think I don't think Liverpool would not be open, is what, probably the better way to put it, would not, yeah. would, would, sorry, would be open to the possibility of them leaving this summer because they plan so well and they might be able to 
bring in a target that they think in a year's time would come and replace Mo Salah. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. My hope on it, Salah just goes and says, listen, you're offering that. I want this. Can we meet somewhere? And I'll sign three years. And everyone goes, great. There you go, bang. And we get it done because I, I still think he'll end up as top goal scorer in the league next season. Yeah. But I agree with you. The circus is going to be... The circus is what's killing me, yeah. That's yeah, no, I, I agree 100% on that, I do. And I suppose what we have to look at as well is Liverpool don't do a midfielder next, uh, sorry, this season. There's a, a lot of work needs next summer then as well because you're looking at, you know, if if they don't go, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Kate are both our contract. Milner will be our contract. will probably sign another role in one year. You've got um, Hendo, Thiago, a year older, Fabinho getting to 30 as well. The midfield all of a sudden needs a big injection in one go. And that's without the Salah and Firmino question up top. Do you know what I mean? So I think if they, if they don't do a midfielder now, there's a lot of work they needed. But maybe they may. I expect Liverpool are on top of these things. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what way they deal with it. But anyway, there's, there's going to be links, many a link over the summer. Some will be credible some will be bullshit and we'll be here to talk about them every week you know so Gav anything else you want to add um, no on transfer wise no um, for the rest of the week um, I'm recording uh, in my life tomorrow I don't want Matt last week really enjoyed it um, uh, who have I got on tomorrow Antio Chill I think is on tomorrow um, and I have Peter Jones next week they're all lining up they all want to go which is great I'll just keep lashing down the diary but um, basically the premise of the show is not a show it's not on YouTube it's going to be on your podcast uh, apps basically uh, the guest brings three of their favourite moments from um, supporting Liverpool and they don't tell me what they are until we get on and we start recording and we have a nice chat about it for an hour um, that's tomorrow Thursday we'll have the viewers voice um, I said yesterday I was playing golf I am but I'm going to make it back we do a viewer's voice on uh, <laughs> Thursday uh, Friday will be Sports Unplugged and um, then we're back at it then aren't we Sunday uh, the fat back four don't forget Failicon Fail is now doing um, some sort of Iron Man thing in July for Failicon um, 30 31 kilometres of running and swimming and mountain biking and stuff Phil loves. You know, all that sort of madness. Um, but he's doing it for Failicon now. He's trying to raise money on that. He's using the same link as what's in our description. So if you want to um, if you want to donate, it's there. We're at, we're going to be at 7,500 in the next 24 hours. That's that's done. So we're at the last 25% now. A real push. So if anyone can share it or donate or just... Get it out there to as many people as you can across all your social medias or if you're in the pub with your mates, tell them, um, go and do that. IP Vanish is a sponsor for this show as well. 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Here we go, Keith. You're delighted I'm doing this again. Um, Look, one touch of a button, it protects you as a VPN, it protects your data, your passwords, all that sort of stuff. Um, The link is in the description, www.ipvanish.com. dot com forward slash day trippers and um, protect you on your phone your tablet your desktop all that sort of stuff whether you're at home or on the move go and check them out you're getting it at about three dollars twenty a month which is really good it's it's three to four to, it's yeah it's about 25 percent of the average vpn so go and check that out in the description and the last thing is that a guy um, called phil who was on my team playing golf last friday has started his own youtube channel so if anyone's out there is into golf type into into youtube breaking power the quest and it's a brilliant idea he's come up with it's a brilliant challenge he set himself he's literally set the youtube channel up tonight and i can't wait to see it um veranda cheers has to be in a golf club on the south east coast of um ireland tomorrow at 6 a.m which should be he'll only be allowed to stay up till about another half an hour now i'd say on the xbox before he has to go to bed but go and check it out um Phil is uh, a lovely, lovely fella. He's mad into his golf. Um, I'm going to try support him on this because it's something that he's really taken on. And even if you're not into golf, it's someone challenging themselves over a short period of time to really get something incredible. So go and check that out. Breaking Power, The Quest. That's it for me. Excellent. I think you covered everything. You do, oh, Red you Steve. Do. Red oh, Steve, oh. sorry, says quiz Gav, draft Gav, Andy Chat Gav. Yes, quizzes, 
drafts um yes we will try to get to you from next week andy chat yes we will try to get to you from hopefully um start of july-ish um, and i'm only guessing on that because andy is up to his eyes and um, with other things at the moment so we will do our best on them as well yeah I'm not saying Andy's a diva, but you know, I think if the more people that go on to Twitter and, and tell him they miss him, I think you might get him back quicker. Mm, um, yeah. Um, so look, I uh, just want to say, look, Matt, thanks for coming on. Uh, pleasure having you on. And the, uh, on the, in my live show last week was really good. So I look forward to hearing Andy O'Chill this week. So Matt, thanks for coming on. Oh, no, thank you. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to see if Gav chooses to call him Antioch the third like he wants to or not a chance drives (laughs) (laughs) brilliant yeah good show great great work good stuff good stuff Ash pleasure having you on thanks for joining us no thank you mate for having me on Um, brilliant chat as always Uh, Matt brilliant last week mate loved it the uh, the ones and one with Gav Um, can't wait to hear the next one Um, Nunes is done Who's next? We all wait to find out, but let the fume begin on Twitter. Can't wait seeing all these fantastic top reds having a meltdown because we haven't bought anyone else. Or, but uh, apart from that, all good, mate. Thanks for having me. Excellent stuff, and Gav. I won't thank you. No. here all the time. Anyway, it's been Charles Darwin's birthday, Charles Bronson's Correct. birthday, Liverpool signed Darwin Nunes. What a day. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a red. We'll be back soon, and we'll see us all again shortly. Social Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.